We began some weeks ago a series that we're calling the keys of the kingdom. I want to draw your attention, not keys to the kingdom, keys of. A lot of times people mix that up and let's let's stay with what the word said. Keys of the kingdom. And look with me in Matthew 16. Matthew 16 at our text here where we get this, this phrase from. And let's continue today. Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? They said, some say you're John the Baptist, and some, in other words, they say that you're Elijah, and, and others, some of them, some other people say you're Jeremiah, or of one of the prophets. He said to them, but whom say you that I am? This is perhaps the most important question you will ever answer. Or any human being will ever answer. Who is Jesus? Who is he? There are millions. Believe he's just a man. Who lived a long time ago. And and died. And that was the end of it. Others believe he was a prophet. He taught good moral uh, things. But that's the end of it. Same thing is going on today. Some say this, some say that, some the other. But he said, who do you say I am? And Peter spoke up. He said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. This is the correct answer. Do you believe it, church? This is the correct answer. Somebody said out loud, He is, he is the, Christ, the Christ, the Son, the Son of, the God. of the living God. Now you want to go a step further than that and say, He is my Savior. Hallelujah. That you believe that and then you receive Him as your Lord and your Savior. If you haven't done that, please do not let this service in before you do that. Because this is a dangerous world. People are dying right and left and leaving this planet. They say some 155,000 people will die today somewhere across the planet. People are leaving here by the hundreds of thousands every day or two. And, you know, you're not going to stay down here forever. You should know that. But you want to be ready to go. Oh, somebody say ready to go. You, you want to be ready to go. When do you need to be ready to go? Right now. If your heart stopped beating right now, in seconds, you'll, your body will be dead. And your spirit will leave your body. And, and you'll be either lost or saved. You'll either go up or you'll go down. You say, well, I, I don't believe all that stuff. Well, you're about to find out. You can believe anything you want to. You can believe any lie you want to in this life. But when you quit breathing, you're going to get a revelation. I'm telling you. The Bible is the Word of God. 
And it is true. And it says there are two spiritual families in the earth. And you're either lost or you're saved. And Jesus is the only way to the Father. We were singing it earlier. He is the way. The life. The truth. The only way to the Father. The Bible says if you don't believe he is the one, you will die in your sins. Now people don't like that because they want us to be inclusive of all other religions and respectful of all other religions. But they're lies. I said they're lies and they're taking millions to hell. It's the most awful thing you could contemplate. But it's happening. I didn't write it. I didn't say it. The Bible says it. How many believe the Bible? I want to see. Good. If you don't, what are you believing? Something somebody made up. Well, I just, I just believe this and that. Well, like I said, uh, pretty soon and soon and very soon, you're gonna breathe your last. We're gonna find out who's right. And it's not a matter of me being right or you being right. This is right. He's right. Said out loud. Uh, say it to the Lord. You are. The Christ, the Son of the living God and my Savior. Ho oh, ho. Do you like saying that? I said, do you like saying that? Oh, you should like saying that. Whew. My Savior. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. And I say also to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock, the rock of the Christ, this revelation that he just spoke, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Is he still building his church. Yes, he is. You're part of it. We're part of it. And the gates of hell cannot hold and imprison everybody in darkness and prevent them from coming out of darkness into his light and being a part of what the Lord is building as his church. Keep going. Verse 19. And the Lord said, and I will give to you The keys of the kingdom of heaven. Well, what what are the keys? Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. These are the keys. What are the keys? The keys are delegated authority. The right to bind and loose. Now, the enemy has done his best for centuries to confuse this issue, to hide it from the church, and the church completely lost this back during the Dark Ages Uh, The church lost salvation by grace and faith. (laughs) 
It was nothing but a religious shell. And the ministers in most places wasn't even born again for hundreds of years. Pitiful. Sad that, that the church allowed the devil to do this. And praise God, in more recent centuries, God has restored Amen. the revelation of salvation by grace Amen. through faith. You, oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, what a change. And we came out of the so-called dark ages. And uh, the, uh, the development of the United States of America and from its origin to where it is now, it began as people uh, seeking freedom to worship God in truth and reality and follow conscience and not be constrained by religious form and all these things. And that's what this was, was born out of. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there are a lot of people trying to tell us no and trying to change it. But let's stay with the truth. Amen. And let's start using some of these keys to prevent that, that theft from happening. Amen. But uh, what's the keys? Look at it again. I give to you, he said, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And let's just stop right there. Does that sound like something important to you? Come on, put yourself, if Jesus was looking at you right now, and he said, I'm going to give to you the keys of the kingdom. Should you be paying attention? Should you be going, oh, this is big. This is big, right? He's giving us the keys of the kingdom. What does that mean? This is how... You function in the kingdom. Keys represent control. Mm -hmm. Say it out loud. Keys, keys represent, represent control. control. If you got the keys to the car, you can go somewhere in the car. Amen. Is that right? You got the keys to the house, you can get in the house. Mm -hmm. Or you can get in the house and lock the door and not let anybody else in the house. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Keys give you access or allow you to limit access. Keys give you control. Keys give you control. Keys give you control. And I don't know if you've noticed it or not. But there's a lot of bad stuff going on. On the planet. And it's because of the enemy. There, there's a God. A good God. And the Bible reveals there's a devil. An evil being. Who, who's only interested. Not in building anything. Or helping anybody. But he's only interested in killing. He's a murderer. Without any remorse. Or any regret. He, he would kill every one of us. Right now. If he could. And be glad about it. Be thrilled about it. He hates us. And there's no redemption for him. And all he wants to do is take over everything and control everything. Now he and his are spirits. There's another realm. 
beside this physical realm. Even those who study physics are acknowledging that there must be other realms and dimensions that we can't perceive with, their, with our senses. Those who are uh, the experts in some of these areas, they believe they have proven it with mathematics. And it is it's because it's true. There's another dimension. It's spirit. And there are beings in the realm of the spirit beside us. You're a spirit being. But right now, you're, just, you're in a physical body for a very short amount of time. Your body's limited because of the curse and these things. But soon, your body's going to be changed. And it'll be, a, it'll be a body then that can keep up with your spirit. And you're going to be very happy about that. You're going to be very pleased with that situation. But spirits beside us, God is called the Father of spirits. He is spirit. The Holy Spirit, obviously, is spirit. Angels are spirits. And they're different categories and classes of angels. They're not all the same. They're cherubim, seraphim, they're uh, archangels. There's a whole uh, rank of these heavenly beings. We're going to find out a lot when we get out of here. But there are also uh, beings of darkness, the devil and his cohorts, demons, unclean spirits, evil spirits. And a lot of people, church going people, they just, they don't want to talk about that because it bothers them and, and it scares them and they don't. But that's just sticking your head in the sand and it allows the enemy to operate unchecked. Because if you don't believe that these spirits exist and are active, then you're not going to resist them. And you're not going to bind anything. Right? You're not going to bind something you don't even believe exists. And the thing is, as a child of God, you have absolutely nothing to fear from any of these evil spirits. They are afraid of you if you find out who you are and what you have in Christ. The only way they can do you harm is if they convince you of lies through your mind and get you to believe lies and yield to them and cooperate with them. The only way that an evil spirit can hurt you would be through yourself or through other people. You have nothing to fear of these spirits. Without somebody yielding to them, it's like they don't exist in this realm. They have no expression. They can't say anything. They can't do anything. They're in another dimension. The problem is, there's plenty of people that will yield to them. And say what they, the thoughts they bring and do the suggestions and temptations that they bring. All too much of it's going on. But when Jesus walked the earth, did he loose anything? We, we read earlier, remember the woman that was bent over? He said, you are loosed from your infirmity. And man, here she straightens up and she's free. Did the Lord bind anything? I mean, he was frequently telling spirits, evil spirits, shut up. 
Wouldn't let them talk. Shut up and come out of that person and get out of this situation and go. Did he do that more than once? Well, is he, is he, having, is he dealing with imaginary things? No, certainly not. This is reality. Said out loud, he has given to us the keys of the kingdom. Whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Let me read to you from another couple of translations on this. Um, The New Living. The New Living Translation in verse 19. It says, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted. Did you hear those words? For whatever you forbid will be forbidden. Whatever you permit will be permitted. The New Century Version, the NCV, it reads like this. He said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The things you don't allow on earth will be the things God does not allow. And the things you allow on earth will be the things that God allows. Now here's something we really need to think about. Why does God allow all the stuff that's going on in this earth? Huh? Now, this is, a, this is an important question to ask and answer because most of the church world believes God is allowing it for a reason. That it's part of his mysterious, unknowable plan. But where's that at in the Bible? When did the Lord say that? Is it true that God allows what we allow? Huh? Is that true? Then that, that's a whole different situation than how most of the church imagines that it is. Much of the church, they're just adamant And the preachers beat the pulpit and holler, God is in control. God is in control. And the implication is that everything that's happening that God is causing or allowing because it's his will. But that's not what the Bible teaches. That's men's religious and traditional ideas. And it is everywhere. It is why a lot more people believe that than what you and I are talking about today. We're in the minority. Small minority on this. But I want to be with the Bible. Amen. How about you? Yes, sir. I want to be exactly with thus saith the Lord. Amen. Didn't the Lord say, I set before you life, death. Blessing, cursing. And I've already picked it for you. I've already selected everything. No, no. Religion is teaching that. 
that he's already made all the decisions and everything is just working out according. And people say, well, you know, didn't the Bible say that everything, you know, is working out for our good? No, it didn't say that. No. It said to them who love God and are called according to his purpose, things are working together for their good. And that's me. I said, that's me. Is that you too? I thought that was me and you. Is that everybody? No, there are millions don't even believe in God, much less love him. They're not answering the call. They're not following his will or plan. And so things are definitely not working out for their best interest. And they're good. No, people are absolutely being devastated and destroyed right and left all over this planet. And it is not the perfect will of God. And it does not please him. Listen to this again. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The things you don't allow on earth will be the things that God does not allow, we saw, in heaven. The things you allow on earth will be the things that God allows. Is it true that God is allowing what we allow? Hmm. What human beings are allowing? And even what the church is allowing. And what if we found out that he was serious. When he gave us his name. And the authority of his name. What if we found out that it was really true. That he gave us the keys of the kingdom. And whatever we bound on earth would be bound. And he would back that up. And we actually had the confidence and boldness to step out. And start forbidding some things. And binding some things. And shutting some things down. In full faith. In the name of Jesus. Could it be. That he would bind back it up. Could it be. If we would forbid it. He would forbid it. If we would bind it. He would bind it. Oh somebody say. I believe the Bible. I. I believe the Bible. I believe what Jesus said. I I believe it. I believe it. Go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Oh, thank you, Lord. I like my company. You should certainly say amen for that. You should say amen. One of the best companies on the planet. Eh? Yes. Amen. Amen. Matthew 28. After Jesus had gone to the cross. After he had died. After he had gone to the heart of the earth. After he had raised from the dead on the third day. And appeared to them. He said this. Matthew 28:18. Jesus came and spoke to them and said. All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Now that word power is the Greek word for authority. Exousia, I believe it is. And um, it literally means delegated influence, 
Privilege control. It's translated right and privilege. And like we said, it's delegated influence. All authority, all right and privilege to control is given to me in heaven and that's why he came. That's why he was born on the earth. That's why he became a man. That's why he died as a man. Hallelujah. Because the authority on the earth had been lost. It had been lost. Man lost it to the devil. In the book of Genesis, when God created man, he said that he gave to them dominion. Didn't he say that? Dominion over all the works of his hand. I mean, that was over the planet. He gave it to who? Adam. Adam Adam and his descendants. Man. You know, the psalmist said, the heaven, even the heaven of heavens is the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. And that's why it's in a mess. Because he really did give it to us. And the state it's in is the result of what men have done. And I know that, you know, the the, the big topic is uh, climate change and and man saving the planet. But the biggest problem on the planet is not climate change. It's sin. That's the biggest danger to everybody on the planet, including the planet itself. The biggest need of man is spiritual. And if you don't get that need met, the rest of it won't matter. All of us are here for just a a breath and a half. And then we're going off and the next generation comes. And and what matters is where you go past this life. The condition you're in into eternity. No. He said all authority is given to me in heaven and earth, so you go. You go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Mark 16, Mark's account of this, Mark 16 and 15, 16, 15, Jesus said, go, you go. Say it out loud, you. You go. Why would he say all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me so you go? If he's got the authority, he's got the control, why turn around and say you go? If I don't have it. He has delegated this authority on earth. To the church. Now if if that sounds odd to you. Or if you're not sure about that. Do not stop. Until you get that settled. Don't take my word for it. Search the scriptures. And look and find. Get this answered. Did he. 
or did he not delegate his authority on the earth to the church? Now, we, we camped out a couple of weeks ago, uh, and even last week, we found out we've been given an inheritance. Is that right? What's in this inheritance? A big part of this inheritance is the right, the right to use the name. He received this name that's above every name that is named, not only in in heaven, but on the earth and under the earth. I mean, every realm. He, He received this name by inheritance. So what's in our inheritance? He's the head. We are the body. Is my shoulder not Keith also? My name's Keith, by the way. (laughs) Is my head the only part of me that is Keith? Would you say my hand has no right to the name Keith? Or is my hand just as much Keith as my head? Well, I don't know if you heard that or not. (laughs) Is my foot also Keith? Huh? He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with him as he is. So are we in this world. He is the head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him that fills all in all. We, we talked about it. We looked at it. We shouted about it last Sunday. If he's got it, we've got it. I said, if he's got it, we've got it. And that, my brother, sister, is what the devil hoped you would never find out. Oh, he hoped you would never find that out. Too late, too late, too late, too late. But just because you know about it doesn't mean you're going to do anything with it. Just because you know about it. So we need to, to find out about applying these things, walking this out. He said, go into all the world. Proclaim the gospel to every creature. Could you do that if you weren't authorized and anointed to do it? Not successfully. You couldn't. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that believes not shall be damned or condemned. And these signs will follow them that believe. Are you a believer? In my name. Somebody say, in my name. They shall cast out, and that's the word for demons. In my name, they will cast out demons. Who, who is this supposed to happen for? Believers. Could this happen for a believer if the believer had no authority or had no anointing? No. Can you see why he said, I've got all the authority in heaven and earth, so you go. You go and preach. You go and cast out spirits. You go and lay hands on the sick. Did he say it or not? 
So we couldn't do this if we weren't anointed or authorized. And this is not the only place. I mean, in Ephesians, he said, don't give any place to the devil. How could you do that if you had no authority or no power to prevent it? He said in James, resist the devil and he will flee from you. How can you do that if you've got no authority? If you've got no power, how could you do that? You can do it because if he's got it, oh, come on, say it again. If he's got it, we've got it. I've got it. What does he have? All authority. All authority. In heaven and in earth. Now you're not in heaven yet. So no need thinking about that. He's taking care of all that. But you're on the earth. I said you're on the earth. And you have authority. Right here. Right now. Look he delegated this authority. First to the twelve. Then to seventy. Then to the entire church. After his resurrection, not only the authority was on the church, but the power to back up the authority came in the person of the Holy Spirit. In I, look with me, if you would, in, in Luke, rather. Luke and the ninth chapter. Luke 9.1. Listen how it happened, because the same thing applies to us. It was progressive. Jesus the twelve, the seventy, the church. Nine one, he called his twelve disciples together and did what? Gave them power. Now that's the word for power. Dunamis. Force. And authority. That's the word we've been talking about. Exousia. That's the word right, privilege, control, Delegated authority. Did Jesus delegate authority to the twelve? Can you see it right here? Authority over what? Very specific now. Over all demons. That's the King James says devils, but technically there's one devil. And there are numerous demons and unclean and evil spirits. And if you look up the word, that's the word for demons. Demons are not the monsters Hollywood portrays them to be. Don't believe all that junk. That's not true. They are fallen, stripped spirits that have no power or control over you unless you let them in, unless you listen to them and believe them and yield to them. And you're smarter than that. Come on, somebody say, I'm smarter than that. And more important, you have help. The Holy Spirit helps you to recognize and and not yield and not give place. Authority over all demons and authority to cure diseases. So when he told them, go and heal the sick, that doesn't mean they are the healer. And it doesn't mean they have healing power that they can turn off and on when and where they want. That's not how it was. They have authority over 
diseases. They can command the disease to stop and leave. And when that happens, the person recovers. And if it's an evil spirit, harassing, confusing, doing whatever they do, the same thing. They had authority to command that thing to stop and leave, and the person recovered, was free and recovered. Say it out loud, authority over all demons, authority over all diseases. Hallelujah. Go to the 10th chapter, Luke 10 and 1. Because some people will say, well, yeah, but that, you know, that was the apostles. They had that kind of power. And when the last apostle died, all that ceased. Well, you, you're forgetting about the next chapter. Luke 10, 1, after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also. That brings us up to 82. Is that right? And counting. Because the day of Pentecost is not that far away. Woo! Another 70 that the Lord appointed, and he sent them two and two before his face into every place where he would come. Verse 3, he said, go your ways. I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Verse 9, and heal the sick that are therein. And say to them, the kingdom of God is come near to you. So did he authorize them? He sent them to do the same job. He must have authorized them as well. He must have empowered them as well. What about these signs will follow those that believe? In my name, they'll cast out spirits. Does that belong to the church? Does that belong to believers? Well, he must have authorized believers too. Same language. Same assignments. Same job, same language. The kingdom of God has come near to you. Verse 19, when they came back, the 70 returned, rejoicing because it was working. I said it was working. They were binding and loosing and people were getting free and people were getting healed and people were getting restored and miracles were happening. Sounds like Faith Life Church. Well, is Jesus alive today? Is the Holy Spirit still moving? Is the Word of God still true? Is the name of Jesus still powerful? Hallelujah. He, in, in Young's literal translation, verse 19, he said, Lo, I give you the authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and on all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Can I take the words of Jesus and receive them for myself? Can I? Can I? If I can't take these, maybe I can't take some others either. No. He said it to the twelve. He said it to the 70. He said it in Mark and he said it to you whatever your name is. He said it to Keith. I give you authority over all unclean spirits to cast them out. I give you authority and power over every sickness and every disease. 
Did he say it? It's up to us whether we believe that or not. Whether we receive that. And whether we dare to act on it. Whether we dare to do it. Because Jesus said, I give you the keys. Here are the keys to control. What are they, Lord? Quit begging. Quit thinking you're a helpless victim. Quit begging the Lord, trying to get God to do everything. I told you to do something. I authorized you to do something. I empowered you to do something. I sent you to do something. And whatever you bind, it'll be bound. Whatever you loose, it'll be loose. And if you demand and require anything in my name, I will do it. Oh, come on. Did he say it or not? Did he say it or not? Whoo. These words are getting in your spirit. This anointing is getting in us. That's why you get stirred up. That's why you get excited. Because your, your spirit knows this is true. Even if your head's still wondering about it, your spirit already knows. That's why it leaps and goes, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Your spirit responds to spirit. Woo. Oh, somebody say praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Listen to a couple of verses here and then we want to to take you into another thing. The Lord delegated, has delegated this authority to the church. And he has sent us. Now he didn't send us with no authority. He didn't send us with no power. Listen to this language. John 20 and 21. You don't have to turn there. They'll put them on the screen for us. John 20, 21. Jesus said to them, Peace be to you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. How did the Father send Jesus? Was he authorized? Was he empowered? So are we now sent to do the same and similar job, but without authorization, without authority, without any power to accomplish it? You got the name, you got the spirit. You got the authority, you got the power. Matthew 10 and 40. Matthew 10, 40 Jesus said, he that receives you, receives me. And he that receives me, receives him that sent me. Has he sent us? Are we his representative? We, I believe we read this earlier that we are ambassadors for Christ. No, I think that was uh, faith school where I taught that. <laughs> We are his ambassadors as though God did beseech you by us. We are talking to you. We are uh, inviting you, pleading with you even, in Christ's stead. Did you hear that? 
What does that mean? I am sent, authorized, and empowered to speak for him on his behalf as his ambassador, as his representative. This is what the church hadn't gotten a hold of. The church has seen itself as helpless, hopeless victims, and that all in the world we could do is beg God to maybe intervene somehow. And that's not what the Bible teaches. That's not what Jesus said. That's not what we've been told in the anointed word. John 13, 20. I just want to reiterate this. John 13, 20. Jesus said, verily, verily, I say to you, he that receives whomsoever I send receives me. And he that receives me receives him that sent me. I brought with me Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr.'s book, I Believe in Visions. And if you've never read this book, I, I greatly recommend it, highly recommend it. That's the title, I Believe in Visions, Kenneth E. Hagin Sr. He's in heaven now. He is my father in the faith. We served, Phyllis and I served with them in their ministry for 20 years. And uh, he had visitations from the head of the church. He saw the master Jesus and he told him, gave him revelation about a number of different things. Now I I realize some people, you know, they don't believe that. One of the main reasons I believe it, there's two main reasons I believe it. Number one, it bears witness with my spirit. I have the spirit and it bears witness with my spirit. And coupled with that, It is completely in line with the written word of God. Everything he said the Lord showed him actually opened up verses we had not understood prior to then. And agrees with all the word, everything you check and see. And the revelation that I'm talking about right now is a chapter in this book. Brother Hagin, back in 1952... He was holding a, I think it was two or three week meeting for a pastor in their church, their small church in Oklahoma. And after the service one night, he said uh, they were sitting having a sandwich and talking. And he said he no more expected what happened next to happen than he used to say than to be the next man on the moon. He said it was not something he expected or was trying to make happen or he said the pastor's daughter said dad you know pray with me it's late I need to go to bed I got to go to school and so he said well let's just kneel down here and pray with brother Hagen and you can go to bed and brother Hagen said when they, they he slipped off the chair and was going to kneel down to pray and he said when he knelt down he never saw the floor or anything else he said it felt like he knelt down into a cloud and he was in the spirit We talked about this, another dimension. There's another dimension. And that's what you're going to experience when you slip out of your body. You ever hear people say, I saw a bright light? (laughs) Well, God is light. That shouldn't be a shock. And he said he looked up and he didn't see the room. He didn't see anything around, but he saw the master standing up above him about as high as where the ceiling would have been if you could have seen. 
And he said, the master said, I've come to teach you about dealing with the devil and evil spirits. And for the next hour and a half, he showed him things and revealed things and talked to him about this topic. And, um, and one of the biggest things that he revealed to him was that we have authority. And that the Lord said that he had given this authority to us and that the entire body has this authority in his name. And uh, one of the things he said happened, and I, if you read the book, you'll get more of the detail, and, and uh, we don't have it. You go to Kenneth Hagin Ministries, look on their website, and order it, that kind of thing, if you want it. But uh, he said one of the things while he was talking to the, the Lord, he said a spirit came. Now he's seeing in the spirit. And this spirit began to jump up and down in between him and Jesus and put out a, a black smoke screen type of thing. And because of it, and he said this spirit was making a shrill noise and he could see the Lord and see that he was still talking to him, but he couldn't understand what he was saying and he couldn't hear what he was saying. And, you know, he was, these are my words, he, he, he was tempted to just panic almost and goes, Lord, I, I'm, not, I'm not getting what the Lord's saying. I, I, and this is a once in a lifetime experience, right? I mean, I'm not hearing what he's saying. And he, he's thinking, doesn't the Lord know? I'm not getting what he's saying. Doesn't he know? And he, he, he kept, why does, it, why does the Lord not do something about this? And, and then he finally, in desperation, he said, you shut up. You shut up in Jesus' name. And he said, the thing fell on the floor and just laid there shaking. You stop it. Did he bind something? Yes. And, and he said, he looked at the Lord, you know, and being perplexed. And, and he said, the Lord knew what I was thinking. He said, the Lord said, if you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't have. He said, Lord, I know I misunderstood you. You said, if I hadn't done something, you wouldn't have. He said, no. I said, if you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't have. He said, Lord, I, I know I misunderstood you. Because you can do anything. And they, they went through this about three or four times, I guess. And, he, and, and finally he said, no, I said, if you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't have. He said, I have delegated my authority to the church. And if you don't do something about it, nothing will be done. And that is why so many times nothing is done. He said, that's what the head of the church told him. Is this true? Is this true? He said, I've delegated my authority. He said, and he went on to say this. He said, to pray. He said, the Lord told him this, to pray and ask the Father or to ask me to make the devil stop or to do anything about the devil is to waste your time. He said, Lord, I've wasted a lot of time. He said, the Lord went on to say, nowhere in the New Testament is the church told to ask God 
pray to God to make the devil stop or to ask me to make the devil stop. He said, nowhere. And Brother Hagin said, Lord, if there's anything like that in the Bible, I've never seen it. He said, that upends my theology. He said, the Lord says, sometimes your theology needs to be upended. He said, I've read the New Testament through in excess of 150 times. And, and if there's anything like that, I, and I hadn't seen it. And he said, the Lord smiled and said, son, there's a lot in there that you haven't seen. <laughs> he said, Lord, I know I'm seeing you. And I know this is real, but you've told us not to accept anything except in the mouth of two or three witnesses in the word of God. And so I'm asking you, Please show me witnesses of this. He said the Lord smiled, didn't get upset with him, said, I'll show you four. Four. And he took him by Matthew 28 that I just read to you. That's where I got it. He took him to Matthew 28 and said, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. He said, I immediately turned around and delegated that authority and I said, you go. Then he said, uh, Paul said, you know, neither give place to the devil. Didn't say, ask God to make the devil leave you alone. Mm-hmm. You are the understood subject. You are not to give place to the devil. And then James said, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Didn't say, ask God to make the devil leave. Mm-hmm. Come on, can y'all see this? And then First Peter, resist the devil again. Jesus said, I'm the first witness. He said, Paul's a witness. James is a witness. Peter is a witness. Now that is light as well because sometimes we'll think of two verses or two witnesses, but if they're written by the same human author, that's one witness. Can you see that? And so anyway... He, he, Brother Hagin said, the Lord told him that. He said, if you don't do something about it, he said, I delegated my authority in the earth to the church. And if you hadn't done something about it, I couldn't because I have delegated that to you. I want you to notice something else that he said in this, because part of what we're talking about here is the measure of our authority. This word, exousia, that's translated authority, is also in the same King James Bible translated jurisdiction. Same King James Bible, authority and jurisdiction. Everybody say jurisdiction. Jurisdiction. What does that mean? That's your scope of authority, your measure of authority. When he authorized them, he said, I give you authority Over all demons, not people. Y'all with me, church? Not human beings. You don't have spiritual authority over human beings to bind them. To try to do so is spiritual manipulation. This is a similar thing to witchcraft, voodoo, whatever which has no power at all on a child of God who knows who they are. But you certainly don't want to be trying to do something like that and call it prayer. You have authority over demons, unclean spirits, disease, 
not over people. And that will be a source of frustration for you. Notice I didn't even say might be or could be. What do you mean? It's a source of weariness for the Lord himself. But he won't make people do something, even if it'd save their life or their eternity. And if he won't, you can't. So don't try to control people. Don't try to manipulate and control people, make people do something against their will. That's the enemy. You do what you know to do. You take that authority, use it against spirits, wrong spirits, not human spirits. One of the things that he said the Lord showed him and told him, he showed him a woman who was a pastor's wife and a minister in her own right that had let the enemy get a hold of her mind. And what the Lord told him, he said, I'll show you how the enemy gets a hold of people, even my people, if they will let him. Oh, come on, did you hear that phrase? If they will let him. Said out loud, if, if. they will let him. And he went on to say that the enemy always gets control of people through their mind. Always through the mind. And that's why 2 Corinthians 10 talks about casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. It matters what you think about, child of God. It matters. The enemy will bring things to you. Lies, deceptions, temptations. But he cannot make you think on them. He cannot force you to dwell on them. That'll be your choice. Now, he may bring them back a hundred times. But you can say no and cast it down a hundred times. And he showed him in the spirit, this woman, the, the enemy brought these thoughts to her and brought them to her. And for a while, she'd, she knew it was the enemy. She'd cast it down, cast it down, and she'd be okay. But then he kept coming back, kept coming back. And finally, she quit resisting it and started thinking about it and started dwelling on it and become obsessed with that thinking. And eventually, she left her husband, left the church, went out into the world, wanted to have a career and be famous and make money and, and uh, got involved with several different men that she thought could, you know, help cause it to happen. And, and um, Brother Hagin said he saw in the spirit that this obsession finally dropped down into her. And that's when she said, I don't want Jesus anymore. I don't believe in all that. And... Uh, then nobody could could talk to her. Nobody could get her to repent and, and all that kind of thing. Well, uh, Brother Hagin said that when uh, this happened, and I'm reading directly from the book. I want to get it right. He said, Lord, why are you showing this to me? Do you want me to pray for this woman? Do you want me to cast that spirit out of her? He said, no, I don't want you to pray and cast the demon out of her because you couldn't anyway. She wants that spirit and as long as she wants it, 
she can have it. Now I'm talking about the, the measure or the jurisdiction of our authority. Can I just straighten out people's lives for them? No, you can't. Because you can't control their will. And if they want to believe that and go that way, can you fix it for them against their will? You can't. No matter how much you scream and yell and I bind or I lose, you can't. Because you don't have authority over human spirits. Then, then he went on to say, well, then, Lord, why did you show this to me? He said, I've shown this to you for two reasons. First, so you could see how an evil spirit can get hold of a person, even a child of God, if they will let him. Second, I want you to deal with the evil spirit that's operating through that woman and harassing and intimidating the ministry of her former husband. Now see, not only had she done this, but she was calling back and she was bothering people in the church and she was harassed, even though she's been gone and she's another part of the country, just the enemy. Stirring up trouble in the church, causing him problems, and she's already left him, you know. And the, Brother Hagin said, how do I do that? He said, the minister was in the same state I was in, but the woman was in another state. The Lord said, there's no distance in the realm of the Spirit. Simply speak to that Spirit and command Him in my name. And say, you foul Spirit that's operating in the life of this woman, and call her name, that's harassing and embarrassing the ministry of the servant of the Lord, and call His name, Say, I command you to desist in your operations and stop in your maneuvers this moment. He said, in the spirit, I said those words. And immediately that spirit ceased to operate through her to intimidate that ministry. And from that day forward, the minister was never again troubled by her or by that spirit. That was the end of it. We're talking about jurisdiction. Now, he said, Lord, you want me to cast that out of her? He said, you can't. But you can do this. You can take authority over that spirit operating through her, hindering that ministry, hindering that church. You can't deliver her against her will, but you can put a stop to that. Oh, church, come on, did you see that? And you will see that in numerous situations that you can't control people. But if it's operating through them, hindering child of God, hindering a church, hindering a ministry, you can do something about that. You can command that spirit to stop in its operations, desist and cease in its maneuvers through them against that church, against that ministry and It'll have no option, no choice, but to have to stop. Amen. And they can live their messed up life somewhere else. But they don't have to interfere with the work of God. Amen. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.